This past week, we lost way too many people in the world, mainly celebrities, but one pertaining to the wrestling world particularly was Bullet Bob Armstrong. Of course, he was the patriarch of the Armstrong family. Of course, there's uh, Road Dog, there's Brad Armstrong. Scott. Scott Armstrong. The referee, I believe he's still with the company. Yeah, and he was a wrestler before. He's a ref. He had yeah. a long wrestling career as well. Um, just one of the uh, one of the unsung families in wrestling. Um, but just NWA legends. And full blob, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I haven't seen a ton of his stuff, but I, my one memory I have of Bullet Bob is when he returned uh, to TNA in 2008 to team up with uh, BG James, and that started the whole Kip James versus BG James feud, which no one needed to see, but it was nice to see Bullet Bob wrestle, and I believe he was in his 70s then, and he still was able to uh, kick ass. So that was really cool. He was an absolute ass kisser. He's a Hall of Famer. He's been, he's held just about every championship he can outside of WWE. Uh, NWA style, uh, mid-card titles all the time. He was a two-time NWA champion. And, you know, these these legends that of the past are just starting to dissipate, and it makes me really, really sad. So if you can, watch the bullet Bob Armstrong from the, uh, the, the 70s and even the 80s, and just... Or 2018 TNA, if that's your thing. Yeah. Because he still was awesome there. And just uh, enjoy, and just think about thinking about uh, Brad and road dog and scott at this moment because it's never it's never easy to lose a father and uh that's just what we got for bob armstrong and may he rest in peace yeah so this show is uh, dedicated to the memory of bob armstrong and we hope that you will stay tuned and enjoy so we will be kicking it off momentarily in this match if it's a war you can say whatever you want i thought i was a cult i didn't know what was going on the fed did i think new york did one of your executive vice presidents loves that company it's the first ever finishing move that's exclusive to a promotion We are fresh off the heels of WWE Payback, in which we saw multiple title changes. Some we expected, some not so much. Um, we will break down all of that when we talk about Payback a little later. Also, it is officially All Out Week. All Out is this Saturday, September 5th, so we will talk about All Out. Um, of course, we will go over the War Report like we do every week, AEW, NXT. Who did Mike think had the better show of the week because... As I'll explain when we get there, it's not fair for me to cast a vote when I've only seen one of the shows. And, ooh, 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 steamy. Um, we're going to talk about the pairing up of Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman and what we thought of that. We're going to talk about some of the New Japan booking decisions in regards to their big show this past weekend, as well as the return of the prodigal son, Sami Zayn. So all that and more, we hope you stick around and join us because I think it's going to be a good time. So yeah, we will get started with the news right after a short message. Stay tuned. So, 
the hell is going on with you? I feel like we usually small talk in the intro, but I was all business in the intro, so I feel like yeah. we got small talk here. Oh, I'm good. I had a good weekend. I had a fantasy draft today. I had the number one pick. My team sucks. Yeah, well, I fantasy drafted live on air two weeks ago and didn't turn out well for me. I think either. we both ended up with David Montgomery. No, I do not have David Montgomery. But, uh, no, I played in a golf tournament yesterday as you were gallivanting around the Northeast. And I, uh, had a good weekend, you know. As we pour down summer here, it's it's getting close to, uh, not enjoying the weather anymore. So, just trying to enjoy it as much as I can. Yeah, as you kind of alluded to, I was away for the weekend. Um, I kind of just turned my phone off for the most part. I had it on at times, but I just kind of disconnected from the world and, you know, just kind of... That's what you got to do sometimes, man. Ref- refresh the batteries. I've done it. So I watched zero wrestling. So there's a lot that we're actually going to talk about on this show that I personally have not seen yet. I plan on getting to all of it eventually, but at this very moment, I, I literally got home at 3 o'clock, unpacked, took about a two-hour nap, ate something, showered real quick, then I came over here to watch Payback. So, like, yeah, I've kind of just been disconnected from the world. Some crazy shit happened while I was disconnected from the world. Some serious, some lighthearted, but goddamn, what a weekend it was for... The good old wrestling. And the fucking world yeah. in general, man. Yeah, Chadwick Boseman was out of nowhere. I, I'm still, like, baffled. As a Marvel fan, and uh, I, was a, I was a big fan of the movie 42. I thought he was awesome as Jackie Robinson. Yeah, he killed and, the role, dude. And uh, it's just, you know, you, you never know what somebody's going through. And he visited children's hospitals. He did put out some two Avengers movies and Civil War, all with cancer. And you know what? God damn it. What balls and courage that takes. Yeah, I mean. I hope he's at peace now. I hope he's not in pain or thoughts or with his family. I don't. I don't think. And I know this isn't our lane, so I'm. I, I don't want to spend too much time on it. But I don't think we can understate like how important Black Panther was for the culture of like just superheroes because, you know, now African Americans or Africans all around the world, not just African Americans, they had a superhero that looks like them on the main stage, and like that representation was super important. And I hope he knows how important that was. Yeah, I think he does. I think he does too, but. Especially in the climate we're in now, it's you need you need heroes like that. Absolutely. So, but rest in peace, Chadwick, man. That's absolutely. fucking crazy. It's nuts. You know what? I don't know if I could. I I would be able to keep it private, but I would understand. I res- why. Yeah, I respect I, the I, hell I respect out of him it, for being I, able to do that. I understand it, and then just be just being able to do it without paparazzi catching him going in the fucking chemo or something. You yeah, know? that is kind of but, a miracle. Well, I, I don't know. That's probably not the word. It's probably yeah. not the appropriate word. No, to but use. no, you're right. It's, 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 it's that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, like people with don't the have media. any boundaries. People fucking don't have any boundaries. Yeah. So, but uh, I'm gonna say good on him. But may he rest in peace. Yeah, I hope. Yeah. That's, that's just that's real sad. sad. It's very sad. Real fucking sad. But as we talk about wrestling, uh, wild shit in, in Japan happened over yeah. the, over the weekend. Uh, and just a fair thing, neither one of us watched the show. Like you said, you you disconnected from the world, and I was just busy all week. But two things stuck out bigly when we were there. Toriano pinned fucking Kazushka Okada. Yeah, that was kind of... Now, I'm sure there was some chicanery and shenanigans. So, like, I don't really... Because, like I said, I haven't... I literally just saw the results of this show and the picture of Yano with the trophy. Those are the fucking two things also, I've seen. that trophy is fucking hilarious. Yeah. New Japan's usually pretty good with their titles. But that one, I don't know about that one. Like I said, off air, I think... 
I think Okada would be buried more if he had to carry that little trophy around. But the whole thing was his idea, so I was like so sure he was winning it, but... But nah, maybe he'll win it eventually, because you're not really the champion, are you, with those rules? I don't so, know. So, basically, if, if I'm understanding this correctly, which I think I am, so Yano has to defend it for the rest of 2020, and then January 1st, 2021, it vacates no matter what happened. And we start over. Jesus. So, like, I guess if you win the fucking... There's no point in winning the title on December 31st, because the next day... It's gonna be vacant no matter what. So, if anyone That's could, wacky. if anyone could book something wacky like that, it's Gato. So yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see what they do, especially with Okada in it. So yeah, but Toriyano is the inaugural King of Pro Wrestling Championship champion. And just another thing, the double belts are back on Naito. Uh, I wasn't there. Yeah, I was. I was. Oh. I was gonna go to uh, Shingo and Suzuki. What do you think about the decision to uh, take the Never Title off uh, Shingo? Go back to Suzuki. Do you think this is? Do you think, uh, well, I think you already told me what your theory is, but do you think this is a step up for Shingo, or what, what are you thinking here? Losing Suzuki's never stepped down. Yeah, I agree with you that. You know, and you just missed, he was he was the never champion, but I think they have much bigger plans for Shingo. I think Shingo's going to go on to win the G1. That's a bold prediction, but I would love if it happened. I've, I've, been, I've been on the Shingo train since day one. I've always been a fan of uh, the, human, the human refrigerator. And yeah, I'm excited to see Suzuki with the mean belt, with the mean guy belt. The mean guy has the mean guy belt. He's the mean guy. Yeah. Um, another interesting uh, booking decision here. What do you think about them taking the junior title off Hiromu and giving it back to Taiji Ishimori? Uh, Bullet Club gonna be the Bullet Club. I feel like Ishimori's first run was like super underwhelming. He beat Kushida at Wrestle Kingdom in Kushida's last match in New Japan. Well, not his last match. He did one more tour after, but that was his last big singles match. Then he lost at the Garden to Dragon Lee, and he's kind of just been yeah, out of the picture since. But he tapped out Hiromu. I thought Hiromu was going to take a big step up when he's feuding with Evil, but now here comes Taiji to... And I'm not mad. I love Taiji Ishimori. He's a fantastic wrestler. But I thought it was an interesting decision to take the title off Hiromu. I guess maybe they'll feud for it for a little while, or maybe Hiromu's going to move up to heavyweight. Who the, who knows? Ooh, that would take a lot of weight. It would. and But, I mean, he already challenged for the heavyweight title. Yeah, so I guess there's loose boundaries. Yeah. But it's the Bullet Club always going to win. So. Now, the main event that you were talking about, Tatsuya Naito defeats Evil for to get back the double gold, both the Intercontinental and heavyweight titles. Now, i got to preface this by saying I did not see this match, but the people I saw on Twitter... And obviously, you take that with a grain of salt because you know how Twitter can be at times. I heard this match was fucking awful. Was it? I didn't see it either. That's what I, I, I heard. It was just like tons of cheap shots and interference by Evil. Like no actual wrestling from him. And then Naito just overcame the odds and won. Hmm. Well, that makes it even weirder for me then why, why they put it on him. Yeah, because I, I didn't see the show, so I can't. What was the point of ever putting on Evil? I guess just to turn him away from L.I.J.? I guess. And if you wanted to take him seriously, I guess he kind of had to, I don't Do know. something. I don't know. I'm not Gato. I couldn't tell you. That was, well, I just, I, I didn't hear anything about the match or whatever, but it's just interesting. Let I me, mean, let me Google. It kind of kills, it kind of kills evil, doesn't it? Have fucking be champion. Who holds that championship for two months? Yeah, I don't Other know. than Kenny Omega. I'm going to try to find a quick recap of the match. But I just think it's just a weird thing to have him go back on. I don't know. It's just. It's, 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 does it sound like something they had something planned that it fell through? Yeah. Does, does that what it sounds like to you? I don't this know. Is, this is bizarre. Because you can say Eagle, Eagle may always be a transitional champion, but 
the transition from Naito to Naito? Well, I guess I don't think that's the plan. That was the plan either. Okay, so I am on 411 Mania, and I'm going to go to their review of the main event once again. This is 411 Mania. So, the Dominion outing where Evil won the titles was a huge letdown. Thankfully, this was a marked improvement. It wasn't overly long like most main events. Biggest issue this time around was it felt like it lacked intensity. At no point did I feel like Naito was angry at Evil for turning on him. There needs to be fire there, especially since Evil is his first disciple. Instead, this came across more like an exhibition you'd get in the G1 Climax or something like that. On the other side, Evil does carry himself well. There's an air of arrogance to him that works in the role. They threw in some interference and ref bumps that Gato seems to love so much. Eventually, the whole ordeal led to Naito hitting Destino and retaining the titles in 26 minutes and 20 seconds. This was good and much better than their last match, but it's still missing something to make a standout. So that's a completely review. That's a completely different review from what I saw on Twitter, but I guess they both kind of said the same thing. Lots of interference and ref bumps. And I guess that's one of those things where like you either enjoy those things or you hate those things. Sounds like it, yeah. And depending on your perspective of that, that's how you felt about the match. But yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of it might have to do with Jay White coming back, and I think Jay White's clearly the leader of Bullet Club. But if second in command of bullet club has the fucking main main title in the promotion does it really work no like maybe that true, factors true. into it maybe this was just like a covid quick decision since you know they you don't know when they're gonna get back yeah but now things are starting to get to where these guys the product. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of possible explanations but. Yeah, i don't know but i guess my main question my main takeaway here is where do you think evil goes from here do you think he goes back to just being a mid carter does he stick around the main event picture does well, he i would hope a, he would stick around the main event picture does he have a good g1 run buries a title around it, doesn't it I mean, I don't... Unless Shingo beats him in the finals of G1. I don't think one bad champion buries the title. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, flukes happen. Like, look at Buster Douglas knocked out Mike Tyson. I don't know this for sure, but I'm pretty sure Buster Douglas lost the title in his first defense. He did. I think he did, yes. Buster Douglas losing that title in the first events doesn't bury the title. It just says Buster Douglas got lucky. Yeah. You know what I mean? I guess that's true. You, you get to go wrestling like that sometimes. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think... Now, if, now if they did what WWE did in 2009... Where Cena and Orton kept trading the title after like one month reigns, that buries the title. Yeah, okay, that's fair. But if you want to just do it one time with one guy, I don't think it necessarily buries the title. That's fair. So I, I just, I don't know. It's confusing. I, I didn't see this going that way, but it seems like Gato has a love hate relationship with Naito. Like we kind of talked about this when the evil thing first happened. He never even got his big moment. Like. When he won the double gold, he was given a speech. He was attacked by Kenta. Then, you know, Evil turned on him. And, like, he never really had his big moment. I don't... I didn't see how the show closed. Like I said, I didn't watch it. But I'm assuming at the end, he finally got his big moment with, like, Pyro and its mm -hmm. speech. And at least I hope he did. Yeah. I'm gonna... I'm gonna go back and watch this at some point this week. And then maybe next week we could talk about this specific match more. Just when both of us have seen it. Cause, yeah, we could do that. Yeah. So. You, just, you just couldn't get around to it this weekend. As you, as you were, we were both preoccupied. Yeah. But that's enough about that. We'll talk a little more next week. Uh, we had a return on SmackDown. The prodigal son, Sami Zayn, returned after Jeff Hardy with the actual, with the old, with his Intercontinental Champion, claiming he's a champion. He was great all night. He he went up and talked to Sheamus and Cesaro, and they mentioned that he left, and not Sheamus and Cesaro. Shinsuke. Shinsuke and Cesaro. Yeah. And uh, I did see like him giving Shinsuke what appeared to be a very awkward hug. Yeah, it was very awkward. He goes, Shinsuke spoke. Shinsuke cut the promo. That's how little fit they have a Cesaro cut in one. Stop it. But uh, will you stop it? They 
Sammy's back and I see it as nothing but good. Sammy was unbelievable. Right oh, he always is. Sammy just fucking dancing around, circling Jeff Hardy, dancing around with the fucking title. Like, that's the only... I saw the gif of the hug, and I saw the gif of him, like, dancing around with the title, and they were both pretty phenomenal. So, I'd ask where they're going from here, but it seems pretty clear they're going champion versus champion, who's the real champion. Yeah. Um... Do you see? Do you see them sticking to? Do you see him sticking with Cesaro and Shinsuke? Um, do you think Jeff Hardy's just gonna squash him and they're gonna give up like they've been known to do with Sammy a time or two? How do you see this one? Playing I don't out? know. He got a lot of screen time for them to be giving up on him. He uh, was torturing Kyla, Kayla, or fuck, and uh, I, I think he's gonna have a little bit. I think he's gonna win it actually. Yeah, I think he's gonna win it and. Uh, Maybe have the run he's supposed to have before COVID. I mean, it was interesting because when Jeff won the title, I'm like, huh, that's weird that they took it off AJ like that. But I guess you can't do heel versus heel. Who's the real champion? There yeah. has to be a babyface in there somewhere. And Jeff Hardy's the ultimate babyface. Yeah, so yeah, I guess that makes total sense why Jeff got the title. And yeah, maybe Jeff's just a transitional champion, but wasn't AJ also out there for that segment too? Like, yeah, was he was he... on commentary. Okay, so he, he was still... claiming he was claiming that Hardy used the the. The, the, the knee he's faking his injury. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. So, who yeah. Else? So maybe they'll go three-way oh, no, Clash of Champions. We just had two two, two pay-per-views without an Intercontinental Championship match. So that's we, that's how We just had now. two pay-per-views without Retribution. It's supposed to be like the fucking top heel group in the fucking company. Yeah. Apparently they only terrorize Monday Night Raw now. I don't know what's going on. The school I, night. <laughs> yeah. But that was not the only big thing that happened on Friday. Uh, at the end of the show, Adam Pierce was trying to get. Uh, I know we don't give MVPs for Raw and SmackDown because we don't review them weekly. Thank fucking God we don't review them weekly. Oh my um, God, I wouldn't do that. But Adam Pierce would be my MVP for SmackDown. Oh my God, he was excellent. He was he was the mailman in the firehouse. He was, he was Postman Pierce. He was post Postmaster Pierce. Postmaster Pierce in the uh, Firefly Funhouse. I combined the two words there for a minute, and uh, he couldn't get Roman to sign. And Roman hit him with the line, "What I'll be there." And that's not a that's not a prediction. It's a spoiler. As the camera panned over to old Paul E. Dangerously, yeah, sitting there with Roman and his new teeth, and I still can't get over the new teeth. And uh, the show cut to black, and the wrestling Twitter world and people at home hit the proverbial "Holy shit!" Yeah, this one. This is one of the few times that WWE's done something that I saw get an overwhelmingly positive response. People have pretty much loved everything they've done with Roman uh, since his return. Which is kind of ironic because we're supposed to hate him in kayfabe now. Yeah. But I think everyone has just been waiting so long it's for heel Roman Reigns. You see what he can do. We, I've been a fan forever. I think he's a tremendous wrestler. I think he, I think he is criminally underrated as a wrestler. And now that, like, what was his, what was the big vice against him? Daniel Bryan. Wrong answer. I mean, it's the right answer. Yeah. He was getting pushed when everyone wanted Bryan. But no, I mean, what was with his skill set? What was the big thing he couldn't do? Cut promos. Exactly, and no one's gonna sit me here, look on the look me in the eye, and tell me Paul Heyman can't cut a promo. I don't, I don't think anyone. You know, Paul, Paul Heyman might be the best promo in wrestling. But even like, I don't even think it's that Roman couldn't cut promos. They're giving him stupid fucking dialogue. Yeah, stupid. Like nobody, nobody's gonna get over saying suffering second. Suck no, but now he has Heyman. You can, who, who I believe can you can say, give fucking Bobby the Brain Heen in that line, and he wouldn't get it over. Yeah, I agree. But now he, I think Heyman has a little Heyman has a little weight leeway for what he could say. And let Heyman do just do his thing, and I think they they will be 
the top heel act on SmackDown for a while. And you know what? We talked about it earlier. Him being this good as a heel and playing paired with Heyman, yeah, a, Heyman will only make a year, a turn. year and a half when he's a babyface again. He'll be a, <laughs> he'll be a better babyface if he has a really solid heel run, which we'll get into payback later. But it seems like he's on his way to doing so, and so I'm excited to see. I'm like, listen, say what you want about the guy, but the dude moves a ton of merch, and I know like wrestling fans aren't stupid. I'm sure he'll still sell a lot of merch, but that's still a ballsy move because I'd assume a lot of kids were buying that merch. So now that Roman's a baddie, will they miss out on some of that merch? Because they've always been so hesitant to turn him heel. Same thing with Cena. They would never turn him heel once he became the yeah, guy. Because they sold a bajillion never-give-up shirts. And and obviously, I don't think anyone would argue that Roman was on the same level of star that Cena ever was. You know what I mean? Like, Roman yeah. was just never at that level. He and was, I'm saying he was not at a big level, but yeah, no, Cena, was, yeah, Cena was in the fucking... In the, stratosphere for a while. And just like so was wrestling was more popular then. Yeah. Wrestling's I know we all hate to admit it, but it's become a niche. Yes, yeah, become very niche. We're doing this again. We actually I actually know you're wrong this time. I think a niche is like the habitat. What? Like the habitat, like an alligator's niche is the swamp. I think niche is like the fuck you go to school. Pittston area, same place you went to school. Hold on, I was, we're going... They're like biodomes, dude. Niche. Fuck. <laughs> that is fucking awesome. You know you're right this time, huh? I thought it was niche. I'm telling you, niche is like where alligators live, or like where penguins live. That's a That's marsh. their niche. No, I don't mean the physical place. I mean like like a bird, like a, a parrot's niche is the rainforest. You know what? You got me on this one. I, I, I usually know words. I usually have the best words. No, but... we've done this twice and you've been wrong both times. Shut up, okay? Just be quiet. Just like that's why it, that's why it pisses me off when you say Montreal. Montreal, because I now you're zero and two. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, wrestling's become a very niche, niche. It it has yeah you know what it has. So I'm interested to see what a heel Roman could do, what kind of evolutions his character could have. I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I will say I was disappointed by the lack of new entrance music. But unlike some people, I'm not going to make it out to be end of the world. Um, but yeah, I mean, just see what Roman can do. Yeah, uh, he, his music might change. I hope so. Because the turn, I don't think the turn's completely yet. The turn's complete yet. I mean, if he's a heel and he still has that fucking graphic of a dog in his entrance video, I mean, I'm gonna have an issue with to that. To be fair, that dog is fucking it's terrifying. Horrifying. It is horrifying. It's, it's, I think the dog should move to the Fiends Titantron. Yeah, it could be like Severus. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm with that. It could be like Severus. We don't need that on heel. We don't need that on heel badass Roman Reigns. We don't need the fucking dog barking. No, we do not. Um, but I know we didn't write this down, but this also happened, and I'm kind of curious to hear your take on it. What do you think of the Alistair Black heel turn from this past week? Everybody shit on it, but I thought it was good. Did it really? I just don't go on Twitter enough, people, I guess. Well, I people were like, why would he attack Kevin Owens? And I'm like, well, just why do you wait and find the fuck out, buddy? Like, <laughs> he, his, his gear was hysterical. He looked, he looked like a pirate. and Yeah. He looked like Thor and, and a pirate. I never understood, like, I don't, I know, like, it's fun to criticize everything WWE does, but I never understood why they're putting Aleister Black in suits. Like, no. his, his character doesn't seem like the guy would wear a suit. Yeah. But whatever. We, maybe we found out more about that last night on Raw, but like I said, we were recording this immediately after Payback, so. Just wanted to get a quick, but what did you think? I know you said people were shitting on it. What did you I, think? I enjoyed it. I, I'm a big fan of his. And I think that if he has a little more freedom to do shit... 
I thought he got pigeonholed a little bit in doing what he was doing before, just being Dominic's save guy. He was one of the guys that got killed the most when Heyman got fired. Yes. Because Heyman was making him a main event guy that never took clean pins. And then, you know, Brother Bruce got the book. And it just seemed like he's just been another guy ever since. So hopefully this could spark something in him. Because... Didn't they just make a... Wait, didn't they just make a front office uh, move? Yeah, Shane... That's not official yet. But the rumor is that Shane is going to be taking over Raw because I guess Bruce's workload is, like, ridiculous. So the rumor... The rumor mill is staring that Shane is going to end up taking over creative control of Raw. But that has not been official yet. You know what? That'll be good. Take a little roll off. Because I'll tell you what, if, Smack, if Bruce has been focusing on SmackDown, the last three weeks, SmackDown yeah, was Yeah, SmackDown's awesome. been f- a fun show lately, SmackDown, I will say. Last Friday, SmackDown was fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, and I think Shane kind of understands some of the... I think Shane would get Aleister Black. I feel like I feel like Shane would understand, especially since like Shane's into like kickboxing and taekwondo. So I feel like Shane would get Aleister Black. And, and, and Big Ninjas. And Big Ninjas, of course. And supposedly, if if the rumor the rumor backstage is that like Vince loves Tom Bugden, the like the guy behind Alistair Black, but he hates the Alistair Black gimmick. He loves his look, he loves his move set, he loves his entrance, but he hates the Alistair Black gimmick. Well, I guess that's better than it being reversed, right? Yeah, I, oh for sure. Because if yeah. he just liked the gimmick, he get anyone to play the gimmick. Yeah, just bring back Tommy in. Yeah, but so I think maybe turning him heel is maybe like Vince giving Vince a chance to exercise his vision. I told you for it. I told you years ago, maybe even before we had this show, that I think he's gonna be future world champion. Yeah, I, I think he's excellent. He's so different than everybody in the ring, and uh, you need that sometimes. And Triple H and Vince McMahon are two very different people of two very different booking philosophies. So. Sometimes it takes a while for guys to find their way. And you know what? Sometimes guys like Ricochet never find their way. Yeah. May he rest in peace. Yeah. I mean, I hope I hope he can dig his way out of this one, but the dude's oh, he's been six feet under. The dude's been pigeonholed in a tag team with Cedric Alexander for months and not even like a tag team that's on TV every week. No, they're on main event. Yeah. They're, they're, probably, they're probably the best match on main event every week. Probably. And that's not even shitting on a main event. Like a main event has some sleeper good matches. Uh, they they need a match or whatever rise rise there. Rise I, I'm there. pretty sure it's happened. I'm pretty sure it's happened. You gotta find it. Ever rise or like PC main event like weekly. They they wrestled the OC on main event before they got canned. That's how long they've been main event mainstays. That's awesome. Yeah, good for them. I love those guys. They're awesome. Matt Martell. Matt, I'm. I'll say it right here on Sunday, August thirtieth at ten twenty four p.m. Matt Martell's a future world champion. I'm with you. I never said future WWE champion, but some company that's smart will give this man a world title. I agree. I'm looking at you, Tony Khan. Come on, Tony. He's bigger than half your roster. And he can cut a hell of a promo. Oh, I, I don't know if I unironically or ironically love his promos. I think I ironically love him because he's cosplay Randy Savage, but it's so funny that, like... Yeah. Like, he does, like, fucking hand motions. and This last is Martell. <laughs> the model. Thanks, Uncle Rick. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. He's from Montreal. So uh, that's it we got for the news. Upcoming, we got the War Report, and we'll talk about the two different days of NXT in AEW this week. And we will see you then in just a minute. We are back with week number two of the Cold War Report. This time, NXT once again was at its original time slot of Wednesday 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern. And you watched the show, correct? I did watch NXT. I did not watch AEW because AEW was Thursday night 
eight was it eight to ten still on Thursday? Yeah, it was still okay. ten on TNT. It's on my DVR. I'll probably get around to watching it. I watched it. it on DVR. I didn't watch it live because we were recording our uh, NXT quiz show, which will be coming out. Oh when? yeah, that's right. You did participate in that. I was uh, I was not around. I was on the road. I think you would uh, you would have been even been stumped. Probably from what I've heard. But I still think I would have won. I think you would have won too. I just don't like the point system because, and you want to take this as me calling Chris out publicly? Take it as me calling Chris out publicly. I answered the most fucking questions right in that, oh, in that Royal Rumble. Salty. Show. I am kind of salty because he got fucking, he named one more person that appeared in the Royal Rumble, three different characters than me, and that got him like 45 points. <laughs> what kind of quiz show where you answer, do you answer the most questions and lose? The price is right. There aren't even questions on the Price is Right. I tried to stump you. I don't know. I mean, you did stump me with your stupidity. Oh, That's the second time I won a show. You're coming at me tonight. Tony Niche. <laughs> you know what? The, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Oh, God. Where were we talking? NXT. NXT. Hit me with it. So, this was the TakeOver Fallout show. And we open with uh, the NXT champion, Karrion Cross with Scarlet. They tell us all to fall and pray, but it appears he will be the one that unfortunately has some prayers that need to be answered because his arm is in a sling. Oh, what a fucking blow. Yeah. But although I think it opens up uh, when we get to, when we get to the announcement, I think it opens up a very, very big opportunity. And I will say the promo he cut to give this oh. thing up was fucking awesome. Oh. I was curious on how they were going to do it because the rumors were floating that he had to give this thing up. And obviously I was hoping he wouldn't have to. Yeah. But when he came out in the sling and it became apparent where this was going to go, I'm like, okay, well, the Carrion Cross character, how is he going to, like, give up the belt without this killing his character? Well, they pulled it off. So they come to the ring. Uh, Cross has his shoulders separated and he's in searing pain, but he loves the pain. It brings him life. However, he says he's also a realist and understands there's no way they will let him defend the title in this condition. He takes the belt, stares at it for a little bit, and says there are obstacles on the path, but for him, the obstacles are the path. Great line, I thought. So uh, Cross put the title down on the mat as smoke magically started to appear around it. That WWE production, folks. I like his smoke. I like his smoke. And then uh, Scarlet places an hourglass next to it, and the crowd is booing this very emotional moment. These goddamn plant fans. <laughs> uh, they flip the hourglass upside down, and Cross says... Uh, this is a warning. This changes absolutely nothing. Doomsday is still coming because no matter when the time is told, everybody pays the toll and God help the obstacles that will be in his path. Tick tock. It was good shit. It was great shit. Um, like I said, it's a shame what happened and uh, that he's going to be out for a while. But I thought they did the best with what they were, had to work with here. I don't think the Carry On Cross character is dead by having to do this. I I think they found a nice little creative way to do it. So two thumbs up from me. So then we cut to ringside. Vic Joseph is there. He welcomes former Intercontinental Champion Wade Barrett to the booth uh, as a guest commentator this week. As always, Beth Phoenix join is joining them from her home in Asheville, North Carolina. So the opener proper. The tag team titles are on the line. Breezango taking on Imperium. Um, they show the highlights of the triple threat on the TakeOver pre-show and how Fandango won. Um, Brizango jumps them before the bell. 
The referee restores order, then the match finally begins. Fandango and Eichner start. They trade holds, uh, Bartel makes a tag, and they start working over Fandango's injured arm. Um, they go to commercial, they come back, Bartel is still in control. Um, Eichner gets a tag and gets a near fall on Fandango. Um, Breeze finally gets a hot tag, gets a super kick. Um, uh, big punches to Bartel. Bartel comes back with an uppercut into the corner, hits a big suplex. Bartel comes off the top, but Breeze catches him midair with a heel kick. Uh, another two count. Breeze goes for the unprettier. It gets blocked. Um, Eichner tags back in, but Breeze levels him before he can have any offense. Fandango tags in for the leg drop. Uh, backbreaker combo. Eichner, however, rolls to the floor and escapes. But Fandango runs the rope and hits a dive and nails them both. Bartel comes back in and nails uh, Fandango. Eichner follows it up with a German suplex. Our second commercial break in the match. Back from the break, and Imperium once again has the heat. Eichner controls Fandango. Um, Fandango blocks a suplex, hits a jawbreaker. Bartel tags in. Eichner hits a beautiful fucking spine buster on Fandango. Uh, Bartel follows that up with a kick to the face for a two count. Breeze is still unmoving on the outside. Bartel is stumped. That Dango kicked out. Uh, miscommunication. Eichner lands hard after missing a kick. He comes back in and destroys Breeze to make up for it. Breeze avoids the European bomb by nailing two ginormous super kicks. Fandango goes to the top and hits a leg drop to both men and wins the NXT Tag Team titles for Breezango. First of all, awesome for them. Yes, this they have been in the company since 2009 and 2010, respectively. And not counting FCW, these are both of their first WWE titles, which is baffling but good for them if you would have told mike dalton and johnny curtis i would take this long i don't think that either one of them would have believed you especially johnny curtis I mean, kowalski trained him uh he he came in they beat jericho in his first goddamn match yeah and uh didn't throw him into a pool of mimosas but i think that you know good for them i'm surprised they, they, they pulled this off johnny curtis is the best shoot name ever curtis yeah. hussy <laughs> curtis hussy dude that's a fighter that's, that's a porn star. A, that's a fighter right there. That's a porn star with a sick Tom Selleck mustache. Yeah, absolutely it is. Yeah. I think I don't think your last name could be Hussey without one. Yeah. Like and Fandango kind of does have a stash rocking. He he has stash, had stashes in the past. Yeah. But, dude, this is, like, probably the happiest I've been for a title win since Kofi won the title WrestleMania 35. Yeah, good for them. Big I was so happy for these guys. If you haven't checked out Breeze on the Swerve City podcast... He tells a story of four separate occasions that he was almost fired. He was supposed to be fired for the E60 thing. Him and Cast, him and Colin Cassidy weren't supposed to make it. Really? That's why they were on it. There were four people on the show. Two of them were supposed to make it. Two of them were supposed to get fired. And Breeze and Colin Cassidy were the two that were supposed to get fired. But Breeze transformed from Mike Dalton into Tyler Breeze. And Cassidy got hooked up with Enzo. And coincidentally, they both killed it in their new roles, and their jobs were saved. I'm telling you, go watch Breeze in the Swerve City podcast. It's um, it's incredible. So I'm so happy for those two guys. Very cool. So after the match, Breeze and Fandango dance on the announce table. Uh, Wade Barrett looks very confused. Welcome to NXT, Wade. Glad to see Wade back. Oh, my God. Am I glad to see Wade back? So Mackenzie Mitchell tries to get a word with Damian Priest in the back. He promises her that she will have her turn as he's accompanied by his uh, hose. Uh, Timothy Thatcher wants to fight. Timothy Thatcher wants to fight Priest, but uh, this isn't a direct quote. But Priest basically says, "I have hoes. I don't need to wrestle." Oh, he was getting head. He needed bash, honey. Yeah, absolutely. 
I, I think he just carries hot tubs with him wherever he's going. He's I, always got him on deck. He basically that guy's the gigantic Hummer. He just towed him. <laughs> That's true. Didn't he just have a fucking Challenger that Cameron Grimes kept, like, fucking... This guy has all these cars, all these hoes. I mean, he's been... Why is he even wrestling? I would say he's probably been in the top level of everywhere he's been for the last, you know, 10 years. Yeah, I'm not saying... I'm just yeah. saying, man. This guy, I, he's got a fucking Challenger, Jeep, and portable hot tubs. Why the fuck is he even wrestling? I'd never he's wrestle. Got, he's, got, he's got to keep the, the, the water warm. I guess that's true. That is true. Um, but in all seriousness, Damian Priest is the man. Happy... I can't yeah, wait to see you know what? Him uh, and Thatcher will be fun. Yes, it will. And I couldn't be less interested in Punishment Martinez when they signed him. Yeah. But I think... I think he had a good run as a heel, and I think his babyface run, if that's what this is. is I don't know. See, like, if you ask me what Damien Priest's character is, I'd tell you he gets hoes. Like, I don't know what his character... Like, what is... Why is he living forever? I don't get... what is, He's an archer? He's an archer of he infamy? Archer, yeah. He, he archers he, infamous things. Yes. Like hoes and hot tubs. Like hoes and hot tubs. And North American championships. Yeah, good for him. He's gonna have a good run with that title. Yeah. So we see the NXT Championship Committee backstage, which comprises of Triple H, Shawn Michaels, William Regal, and Matt Bloom. Poor road dog. Poor Terry Taylor didn't get the invite either. Well, they couldn't let him leak shit. Cock-a-cock-a-doodle-doo, the Red Rooster. Yeah, I wonder whose fucking idea that was. Um, they tease Tommaso Ciampa's return after the commercial break. We come back to from the commercial break, and unfortunately, out walks poor little Jake Atlas. Then Tommaso Ciampa comes out making his first appearance since TakeOver in your house. He looks like a complete psychopath with his mask. He's back to the he's back to the short trunks instead of the the like camo pants. Um basically looking like heel 2008 Tommaso Ciampa. And then he proceeded to be he- heel 2018 Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah, he kicked the shit out of Jake Atlas. He beat the hell out of Jake Atlas. Um as soon as the bell rings, Ciampa rocks him in the corner. Atlas fires back, gets a couple shots, but Ciampa beats him down, kicks him in the head. Throws him, throws him out of the ring, um, drags him back up on the apron, hits Willow's bell, and gets the easy win. After the match, uh, Ciampa continues to destroy him. Um, he puts him, he puts, he puts his neck on like the metal part of the framework under the ring, and slingshots him throat first into it. Uh, medics bring out a stretcher, but Tommaso Ciampa ends up dropping Atlas off the stretcher with a DDT. Ciampa sits up, smiles, and makes his en- exit. Um, this once again started all the Jake Atlas discourse. Would he have been better off going to AEW? I don't know. But I feel bad for him. There's definitely a thousand people they could have used in this role. Not exactly sure why they used him. Hopefully something comes of it. But The DDT off the stretcher was sick. Yeah. It was sickening. Yeah. Good shit, though. Yeah, it's great shit. I'm happy for Chomp. I just feel really bad for Jake Atlas. I mean... He'll be fine. He's super young. He's 25. He's got years to, to figure it out, but he's too talented to be doing shit like this, and I hope I hope they have a plan for him. Me too. So up next, we get a video package with Candice LeRae cutting a promo on Tegan Knox, and they go back to commercial. So Mackenzie makes her second appearance of the show, this time interviewing thick boy Bronson Reed. He asks him about the earlier confrontation with Priest and Thatcher. Reed believes he should be the one to get the first NXT North American title shot, and then I couldn't believe what happened next. A wild Austin Theory returned, fresh off of his sexual misconduct allegations, and uh, Bronson Reed gave him a hell of a slap. Good. Up next, Mia Yim taking on Shotzi Blackheart. Um, Robert Stone comes out. Uh, Stone tells Yim there's no way he's letting Mercedes Martinez in the ring this week after what happened last week when she got powerbombed to her doom. 
All of a sudden, Shotzi comes in and runs over Robert Stone for a third time with the tank. I don't know how I feel about this. I liked it the first time. Now it's kind of yeah. Now it's just kind of getting kind of old. Yeah, it was funny and caught me off guard. And I like both guys. I like Robert Stone a lot, and I like Shotzi Blackheart a lot. But it's just yeah. Just leave that go. Let 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 sipping dogs lie. So they have so Mia Yim and Shotzi have kind of a competitive match, but then Shotzi just kind of wins with the flying senton. Best flustered women's wrestling, Mia Yim. But I mean, it makes sense if she's going to be part of Retribution. Like it's been rumored. I mean, if she's going to the main roster to be. She needs something to want retribution for, so yeah, I guess this makes sense. I guess so. Um, so after the match, Blackheart has her arm raised, and they go to re- they go to replays. Then they go to General Manager William Regal. He's asked if he's made a decision about the NXT title. He says he has, and he's headed to the ring to make an, to make the announcement after the commercial break. Up next, Mackenzie Mitchell, busy woman on the show. She's backstage with Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. They ask about Rhea Ripley. Kai says Ripley should have minded her own damn business at TakeOver. But they don't care. Uh, they're not bothered because her and Raquel are a real team. And Io and Rhea Ripley don't even like each other. Kai says she should be NXT Women's Champion and she'll prove it tonight. Gonzalez tells Ripley that she messed up by getting in her face and they walk off. Out comes Regal with the NXT title to make the announcement on what the future of the title will be. He says that next week, NXT will be on Tuesday, and it'll be called NXT Super Tuesday. Yeah. Election year. Great reference. Absolutely. Cool. Not, not, to mention, not to mention they're doing an election angle on the other side, too. That is true. Yeah. I guess it's just that time. It is, and it's going to get worse. So next week, it'll be a fatal four-way with the Mount Rushmore of NXT. Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Finn Balor. And Adam Cole. And not only will it be a fatal four-way, it will be a fatal four-way 60-minute Iron Man match. Wow. And that is enough to convince Wade Barrett to come back next week. Is he going back next week? Yeah. That's what he said on commentary. He said, I'm not missing that. Yeah, that's that's going to be good. That's and, just... and quite frankly, I don't blame him. That's going to be super interesting to see how they book it. 60-minute um, four-way Iron Man match. That could either be like classic can't-miss shit. Or it could be bad. Or it could be a clusterfuck. Yeah. But, but I trust, I trust these four guys. Yeah, I trust the people inside it. Yeah. And I think Finn comes out on top. Okay, well, that's going to be my next question. So I was going to ask for your prediction, but... I think Finn comes out on top, and then I think he turns babyface uh, coming out, and I think I think Cross beats the demon. Mm. I don't I, think Finn should turn babyface. I think it's, I think that's where they're going to go with it. We'll see. I well, it depends Cross how long Cross is out. Cross is yeah. out like six or seven months. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he will be, but... But I think it's in time to turn. I don't know. I mean, the next takeover isn't until October. You know what I mean? Like, or even November. It's rumored that they're going to do one Halloween. Cause it's a Saturday this year. Yeah. But, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm also picking Balor, but I don't think he's going to turn babyface. But Balor is also my pick. So next we go to the ring for the Cruiserweight Championship match. Isaiah Swerve Scott taking on um, Santos Escobar, who is accompanied by Legato Del Fantasma. Uh, But then Santos sends him to the back. Bell rings, they go at it. Escobar works the arm. Scott gets control, launching Escobar across the ring and the floor. Scott looks to do a dive, but Escobar backs away, and they cut to commercial. We come back from the break, and Swerve slams Escobar uh, for a quick pin attempt. Escobar eventually takes control and gets Scott to the ground. 
Uh, they tangle the mat some. Nice little amateur wrestling deal exchange. Scott powers up. It's a big suplex for a near fall. More back and forth. Escobar rolls out a submission attempt and goes to the floor. Uh, Scott launches. Scott goes for a dive but gets launched face first in the plexiglass. Um, Escobar launches Scott face first into the steel ring steps. And uh, he hits a double jumping knee for a near fall in the corner. So Scott ends up countering. And then Escobar counters again into a big sit-down powerbomb. Two count, and we go to commercial again. Back from the break, Escobar delivers a knee. Um, he now is spitting at Swerve and kicks him in the head. Swerve fires back. Uh, he catches a kick, unloads against the ropes, beats him down in the corner, uh, Hits a f- goes for a flying elbow to the back. Uh, then Escobar rolls out of the ring, but Scott stays right on the attack and kicks him in the face from the apron. He finally gets that dive he's been going for for the past 20 minutes of this match. Um, Swerve hits a flatliner. Escobar kicks out after a very close near, file, near fall. A wild Joaquin Wild appears. I didn't realize I was going to say a wild wild. I didn't really think that one through when I was talking about it. Um, he distracts the ref. Mendoza appears on the other side, distracting Scott from the floor. Escobar takes advantage. Uh, he hits a move on Swerve for a near fall. But then Breezango comes out to even the odds. Swerve hits a running knee out of nowhere for a near fall. Swerve hits a, hits a German suplex. He levels him with a house call. And that's still not enough to put Escobar away. Escobar rolls to the floor, and then he pulls out a Lucha mask. This mask is, this mask is clearly loaded with something. God knows what. He puts on the Lucha mask, headbutts Swerve, and he is out cold, and Santos Escobar gets the victory to retain the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Really fun match. Love what they're doing with Legato Del Fantasma. Yeah, it's the, they have... They hit a ball. They hit a home run that hasn't landed yet with that. And uh, love him when it with the Lord of Lucha Mask. I hope he brings around the Lord of Lucha Mask more. We got promos from Gargano and Balor about next week. They both say that they need to win the NXT title back for their legacy. Up next, Drake Maverick takes on Kyle O'Reilly. This was an interesting match. Um, Drake Maverick is all over O'Reilly early, but... Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Drake kicks out O'Reilly's leg and sends him to the floor. Drake goes for a dive. It takes out uh, Fish and Strong, but O'Reilly moves out of the way. They get back in the ring, and O'Reilly drops Drake and gets him, hits him with some palm strikes in the mounted position. O'Reilly starts talking shit. He takes him down with kicks to the back. Drake fires back up, takes O'Reilly down, then kicks him in the back. Um, Drake rocks him in the corner, hits a bulldog and a senton for a near fall. O'Reilly then cuts Drake off with the knee to the gut. O'Reilly's now working the arm. Um, O'Reilly gets dropped with an insiguri. More back and forth. Um, Drake's knee is being worked over really bad at this point. O'Reilly gets him in the knee bar, and Drake Maverick taps out. This is where shit gets interesting, though, because after the match, O'Reilly stands tall. Um, The Undisputed Era beat down Drake, but Kyle O'Reilly wants nothing to do with it. He leaves. Killian Dane comes down. Uh, evens up the odds, takes out Undisputed Era as Kyle O'Reilly just kind of walks to the back. Um, Drake goes to thank Killian Dane for helping him, but then Killian Dane drops him too, so he was made to look like a fool. That's what, he, that's what Drake does. So then Adam Cole cuts his promo for the NXT title match next week. Now we have Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai taking on Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. 
Uh, Kai and Ripley start. Ripley takes control. Ripley kicks Kai, but then she demands that Gonzalez tags in. Gonzalez obliges. They lock up. They stalemate. They lock up again. They stalemate again. Eventually, Rio Ripley headbutts Gonzalez. Um, Gonzalez ends up pushing Shirai, but Shirai comes in and hits a flying head scissors to send Gonzalez to the floor. Um, Shirai then sends Kai to the floor. Um, at this point, Kai and Shirai are going at it. More back and forth. Shirai rolls into a double stomp for a near fall. We go to commercial. We come back, and Rhea Ripley is now in control. Uh, Gonzalez makes a save from the apron, and they send Ripley to the floor. Gonzalez sends Ripley face first in the apron, brings her back in for a two count. Ripley fights back, but Gonzalez uh, takes her back to the corner, tags in Ty for Kai for a double team. Kai grounds Rhea on the mat. Um, at some point in this match, a graphic comes up on the bottom of the screen saying that next week it'll be Legado del Fantasma versus Brizango and Isaiah Swerve Scott in a six-man street fight. Um, Gonzalez gets the tag back in, cuts Ripley off. Ripley finally fights Gonzalez off, and Shirai makes the hot tag. Uh, she unloads under Kodakai, plants her face first. Gonzalez uh, tries to interfere, but Shirai drops her. Hits a 6-1-9 and a dropkick for a near near fall on Dakota Kai. Keep going back and forth. Kai hits the Scorpion kick to Shirai. Goes for the chiropractor, but uh, she cannot connect. Gonzalez ends up dropping Ripley off the apron, then dragging Kai to the corner to make the tag. Gonzalez scoops Shirai for a double team as Kai kicks Shirai in the head. Gonzalez falls it up by slamming Shirai down for for a near fall. Ripley's now back on the apron, waiting for a tag. But then Mercedes Martinez appears at ringside, and they and Martinez takes out Ripley, sending her into the stairs. And Kai and Gonzalez take advantage, can uh, get the victory over Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai. A lot going on in that match, but I thought it was enjoyable. It was. I think Rhea's going to turn. Yeah, decent show. I enjoyed it. Yeah, decent show very much indeed. Um, so now, AEW Dynamite taking place the next day, August 27th, nine days away from All Out. And like I said, I didn't actually watch this show as of this recording. So I am going to just kind of tell you what happened, and Mike can give his I'll get personal thoughts on everything. So we open with Chris Jericho joining Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone on commentary. The Young Bucks and the Natural Nightmares start off the festivities. Um, they go back and so fucking long. They go back and forth for a few minutes. Eventually, the Bucks set up for more bang for your buck, but Marshall escapes and gets a near fall. They hit the BTE trigger on Marshall, and the natural nightmares are eliminated. I assume it took everything in your power not to just turn the show off right there. (laughs) You you know what it did? I made a comment on Twitter that Dustin should always win everything. Best friends are next up. Jericho questions what kind of name best friends is, and then insisted uh, Chuck and Trent would stab each other in the back for a paycheck. Uh, Matt gets tagged. Matt tags in the match and uh, takes it to the best friends. Nick tags back in. Best friends uh, take control. Hit soul food. The Bucks hit a four fifty to Trent. The Bucks set up for the Meltzer driver, but Hangman Adam Page appears out of nowhere, holding Nick's leg, allows Trent to pick up the leg, pick up the win, as the Young Bucks get eliminated. Commentary team question Page's motivations. The Bucks look on, befuddled by what just happened. FTR join the match. They make pretty quick work of best friends. A Dax forces Taylor to tap out, and the best friends are eliminated. And yeah, FTR defeats the best friends, Bucks, and Nightmares. Any thoughts on this? Very long, but good, and I'm glad that FTR is with Tully. 
Lance Archer taking on Sean Maluda. Lance made his return to Dynamite. Um, apparently they announced that the Casino Battle Royale will be happening again. More on that later. Um, Archer beats Maluda in a squash. Jake Roberts puts over Archer as the favorite in the Battle Royal, only for Taz and his team to interrupt. Darby Allen uh, attacked Ricky Starks, and they brawl to the locker room. And, yeah, that's that segment. Any thoughts? Squash. Good, we need squashes. I'm always a fan of squashes. Although, JR did stumble his words and say that Sean Maluto reminded him of Stan Hansen instead of saying Lance Archer did, and I laughed very hard at that. The contract signing for John Moxley and MJF at All Out. Um, both men make their way to the ring. Smart Mark Sterling reminds uh, Moxley that the paradigm shift is banned. They go back and forth. Um, MJF says he would not fall into the same traps Moxley's other opponents fell into. And he called himself a pro wrestling prodigy. He vowed to become world champion. He says we deserve better. Apparently he mentioned Renee Young. Like I said, I've yet to watch this show. Yeah, he brought her into it. Moxley says he doesn't need the paradigm shift, but he would like, but he, uh, he likes to drop people on their neck because he does not like them. That's kind of morbid, but very, very much so. Very, very much on brand for Mr. Moxley. He then says, nothing you say matters. Nothing I sign matters. On September 5th, you're a dead man. Um, the, the team MJF celebrate only finding out that Moxley added a stipulation of his own. Next week, it'll be Smart Mark Sterling versus John Moxley, and the paradigm shift will not be banned. Your yeah. thoughts? Uh, nobody went through a table. That is true. <laughs> no one went through a table. I guess that's true. I yeah. thought this was awesome. I mean, how many, how many times can we sit here and say that how good MJF is? So uh, he he was phenomenal. Moxley was good, just very good. Up next, eight man tag team action: Joey Janela, Sunny Kiss, Brian Pillman Jr., and Griff Garrison taking on the Lucha Brothers and the Butcher and the Blade with Eddie Kingston. Um, so, of course, Eddie Kingston brought them all together last week. Um, and this was pretty much a showcase for the newly reunited Butcher Blade, Lucha Brothers, Eddie Kingston. What's the word? Pent- What's the word for, like, a five-person group? Is there a word for that? Uh, for a while, a trio, illegal, Pennsylvania. A quartet. A quintet. A quintet. There we go. I knew a, we'd get it. A quintet. A quintet, I knew quintet or is it? Yeah, quintet. Quintet, yeah. Quintet. I, knew we'd talk through, I knew we'd talk through and get it. Absolutely. Um, what do you think of this? Any Anything anything special? Nothing special. Love Eddie Kingston. I cannot say enough good words about Eddie Kingston. Uh, I think he's kind of the old school mind that they need. And if, especially with somebody like Lucha Brothers, this was um, I, one of the usual tag matches. I don't want to sound like I'm underselling it because I didn't hate it, but there's nothing special happening in it. So up next, a segment that got the internet talking. Some people love this. Some people hated this. I I cannot wait to watch it based on all of the reaction. Brody Lee celebrates his TNT championship win. He declared that the open challenge was dead. And uh, the Dark Order seemed more animated than usual. They, they danced around in the casket like that one meme on Twitter. Um, he said Cody would never regain the title. And then they introduced their newest member, number 99, the Queen Slayer, Anna Jay course because she choked out brandy last week um lee slapped john silver and claimed no one could touch him this brought dustin rhodes and qt marshall out for some unknown reason uh they were beaten down by the dark order scorpio sky hit the ring cleared the ring of the minions only to be slapped by jay and then laid out by Brody lee 
Then Matt Cardona arrived on the scene and sent the Dark Order packing. And he stood tall along with his group. This was very weird. This was very weird. I, I, I don't have anything else to say about it other than it's very weird and I think you should watch it. I can't wait to watch it's, it. It's very weird. It's very, very weird. I heard there were some like, lawnmowers involved or something. Were there lawnmowers? I don't recall. Lawnmowers are very possible. I heard there were lawnmowers involved. It was just PT. I don't know why. It was a PTE sketch. I don't watch PTE, so. Then don't you hate it. And that's not even like, it's not even that I, I just don't have time. Mm. So up next, at a bar in an undisclosed location, Dasha caught up with Hangman Page. He asked him about his actions earlier. The Young Bucks interrupt, which just makes this segment completely unbelievable. The Young Bucks would never step into a bar. No, they're not, they're not that cool. Well, they don't drink either. I just I think it's, they're not that cool. Um, they kick Paige out of the elite, and Paige looks sad in a mirror. He did. He looked very, very, very sad. Um, it's like it's like an old fucking western movie. Big swole three on one against Doctor Britt Baker, DMD, Rebel, aka Reba, depending on who's talking, and Penelope Ford. Um, she laid Kip Sabian out at ringside, dodged a crutch shot by Reba, and picked up the win over Ford. After the match, Reba checked on the doctor while Swole celebrated her victory. Um, they announced that next. They announced the rundown for next week's show, but then the Dark Order and Anna Jay invite Ty Nara Conti to join them. She embraced Jay, but didn't seem too committal to joining the Dark Order. Um, so, what did you make of this whole deal from the Page thing to the match to the Page thing was good. The main thing was a match. Post match was. The Dark Order. Same old Dark Order bullshit. The main event, Tables Match, Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara. Uh, tables Match. Um, I guess a lot of this match took place in the commercial. Um, it, did, it indeed did. Hardy busted Guevara open. Uh, he misses the dive that ended with him crashing through the table as the commentator, commentator team, commentary team told everyone that the competitor can only win if an offensive maneuver puts their opponent through the table. Which even WWE uses that rule, so good on them for also using that rule. Oh, didn't Sheamus win a? He pushed Cena off the ropes. Did he? Yeah. Okay. Um, Hardy produced a table that read "deleted," and wanted to put him through it, but Hardy appeared dazed from a headbutt earlier, head bump, excuse me, as Guevara took advantage and put him through the table. Um, as the show gets ready to fade off the air, Orange Cassidy comes out, jumps Chris Jericho at the announce table, and there's a pull-apart brawl to close out the show. So what did you make of all of this? Very much fine. Uh, Sammy had a win. I saw, I was listening to Brian Alvarez talk about this, and he said that he wishes the Dark Order segment didn't go as long as it did, so this could have got more time. That is 100% accurate. Okay. A lot of this, a lot of this match took place in the commercial. Okay. A lot of it. Uh, Sammy was bleeding, and then he was in a bunch of trouble, and then he was on offense immediately. And uh, I, this was a decent show. I, to be honest with you, I don't think either show was that great. I think uh, my NXT MVP is going to be end up being William Regal because he brought us an amazing match. Well, shouldn't it be Triple H? No. I mean, if, we're, if, we're, if we're talking about a shoot hoot. <laughs> my uh, AEW MVP is going to be... Chris Jericho, always good to hear my comedy commentary. Which Ooh, is comedy. Subliminal, subliminal shot there. Yeah, I, I guess so. And uh, my overall is MVJF because it was just this promo was just fucking outstanding. And better show for the week. Mm, NXT, more solid top to bottom. Okay, like I said, it's not fair for me to have a vote this week since I did not watch AEW yet. 
I can't fucking say something was better or worse if I haven't seen it. So you get to be the sole voice this week. And so I guess NXT was the better show. Join me. It, it, it was. I'm not denying. I'm not doubting you. I'm just saying I yeah, haven't watched it, was, it yet. It was, it was a, a, a decent show at best. So coming up next, we will talk about All Out. And then we will talk about the events that took place at Payback. So stay tuned. See you in a minute. So this upcoming Saturday, September 5th, AEW will present All Out. As of this recording, there are seven matches announced. Maybe we'll get more on Dynamite. I'm sure we will. We might grab, we might grab a scrub match, but all the ones that are important are already made. So let us start with probably the most confusing match because we don't even know who's in it yet. So Private Party is going to team with SCU to take on the Jurassic Express and the Young Bucks this, on Dynamite this week, this Wednesday. And the winning team will then face each other at All Out. So first, I predict that Jurassic Express and Young Bucks will advance to All Out. And then I'm going to say that Hangman Page is going to cost the Young Bucks the match against Jurassic Express. So I'm going Jurassic Express over Young Bucks in that match. I'm actually going the same. There's a reason that match is going to happen. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's not going on last. Yeah, but uh, I think Hangman or FTR they'll they'll kick that off, unless they're unless FTR Hangman and Spears is now one, is now one uh, stable managed by Tully. But I don't know. Well, you'll you'll hear my theory in a bit. Young Bucks, Young Bucks, uh, and Jurassic Express will win, and then Jurassic Express will beat the Young Bucks. Okay, let's move on to the eight man tag team match: the Dark Order, Brody Lee, Colt Cabana, even Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson taking on Matt Cardona, Scorpio Sky. Dustin Rhodes, and QT Marshall. Who you got and why? I have the Dark Order because they have to win. Yeah, I got the Dark Order as well. They, they have they have to win. I, I'm no, I know you won't like to hear this, but QT and Dustin are in this match to take a pin. Yes, no, QT's in this match to take a pin. I, I can see Brody pinning Dustin. Yeah, okay, that's fair too. I don't see Scorpio or Cardona taking a pin. I absolutely do not either. Um, but I, I, they, they, they have to win the Dark Order. They just, they just coming off a big title win. Yeah, a, a dominant title. Surprise! The TNT title won't be on the line at yeah. all out. But that's that's fine. Let it, let it. Well, I mean, you you got so many competitors. Murray just hit one from the logo, by the way. <laughs> Up next, a twenty-one man casino battle royale where the winner will receive a future AEW World Championship match. So the competitors we have announced thus far are Darby Allen, Lance Archer, Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, Pentagon Jr., Ray Phoenix, The Butcher, The Blade, and Eddie Kingston. And of course, there will be more added to come. So who do you have coming out of this thing? Darby Allen. I think that's probably what they should do. I, it has to be Darby. It's not going to be like Ricky fucking Starks. So I, I think it could go Darby Allen. They have to go Darby Allen. I think it's somebody that's. Like if Archer wins this thing, is it really that big for? Is it, is it that big of a notch on his belt? Well, it also depends what they're doing with the main event because obviously, if if Moxley's going to retain, you want a heel to win. Yeah. Or if, yeah, that's true. So you know, like, I don't know. I'm also going to go Darby Allen just because I don't know who else is in it. I think what I I will say this: I don't know who I think's going to win, but I think whoever's going to win isn't announced yet. That's fair. And who's out there for a big surprise? I I have no clue. I'm trying to think, like, people that are hurt that could come back, maybe. I don't know. Like, I'd have to, like, pull up like, yeah, the list of free agents. And, like, yeah. Yet. So just for the sake of making a pick, I'm going to take Darby Allen, but Unless, I fully expect to be wrong. If, if, if Miro's in it, is he, would, would he win? I don't know. Maybe, like, Cody backdoors his way back into a 
title match somehow by winning this thing. That's possible too. I don't think they, they, although you're right, you know, that could happen because they've been weirdly. I mean, as of this recording, Cody has nothing going on at this show. Yeah, and but is I there are stories that he's gonna be off television for a while. I mean, that's they could just they, do a massive structure job. They, so they could leak that to get it over. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Who knows what's gonna happen? <laughs> not important, Darby Allen. But you're right. I think someone not announced will win this match. So up next, a match that I'm very excited to see: AEW Women's Champion versus NWA Women's Champion Hikaru Shida taking on Thunder Rosa. Who you got and why? Sheeta, but Rosa looks strong. I agree. I think... Uh, and first, let me preface this thing. That division needs Thunder Rosa. Yeah, I think I think they're using this as a band-aid on, on everyone dumping on the women's division. This is a temporary solution. And, you know, I give them props for that because... They need a star. They went and got one. They, they got somebody who will put on a good match for Sheeta and make her look like a million bucks. And I fully expect Thunder Rosa and to do that. And another name, yeah. Up next, tag team match for the AW tag team titles. Kenny Omega and Adam Page defend against FTR, Cash Harwood and da- Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood with Tully Blanchard. Who you got and why? FTR, but not, I think there's some shit goes on in this match. There's going to be some shit that goes on. I think, I think the Bucks match is going to go on before it. Yes. And I think Page, they, they, they return the favor for Page. But they botch it, and then Page yeah. and Omega retain. That's no, what I'm going with. I'm going. I think I think this is the implosion of the, the this is the implosion of the of the elite because I think the young bucks cost Page the match, which also pisses off that Omega. Pisses off Omega. Omega turns, and Omega's o- Omega ends up turning, and uh, Page alliance with FTR and Dax. So I think that I think they both turn. I could see that, but I don't think it's gonna happen because it could. I don't could, think it's could gonna FTR happen. Could really lose their first title match? Well, if there's fucking shenanigans everywhere, sure. There's definitely going to be a lot of chicanery, to quote you. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure the FTR already lost in an eight-man, so it's not like it'd be their first loss. That's you know true. what I mean? Yeah. But So I think the Young Bucks are going to try and come out and return the favor, but somehow, like, maybe Tully gets involved and it just botches it, and Paige and Omega retain, and it just simmers a little longer to the February pay-per-view. Yep. Yep. I, I, I just think it goes the other way. But... Very possible. So up next, the Mimosa Mayhem match, Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy. This match can be won by pinfall submission or throwing your opponent into an into a tank containing 80 gallons of Mimosa. Who you got and why? Jericho. I got Cassidy. I got Jericho because I think he's not losing twice to Orange Cassidy. What's the point of this feud if he doesn't lose twice to Orange Cassidy? What's, what's the point of an 80-gallon thing of Mimosa? I don't know. I don't like this concept. I don't like this concept either, but... There's no way. There's no way Jericho isn't taking a fucking comedically hilarious bump into that fucking. Oh no! Movie. I hope he does. There's, Unless they both go in. I just don't understand like why you could win by pinfall or submission. Like if there's an eighty gallon tank of fucking champagne and orange juice, somebody better be going in that bitch. Yeah, I hope Jericho takes all that. Or maybe Jericho it. wins with like a fucking roll up and then gets thrown in the mimosa anyway. I could see that fucking. That's possible. I could see that bullshit going down. But I think Orange Cassidy's going to win. I think they have plans for him. What those plans are, I have no clue. Now, the main event, this is where it gets interesting. Singles match for the AW World title. Moxley is banned from using the paradigm shift. John Moxley versus MJF with Wardlow. Who you got and why? MJF, he's been holding for over a year. Yeah, I think it's time. I think it is, too. I think it's time. <laughs> I think he's deader than a hammer if, 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 if he does this whole campaign thing and then he loses. Unless, unless he finally, unless he pisses Wardlow off somehow in the match. Yeah. There's ways they could do it. Yes, he can't lose clean. I'll yeah. just say it that way. And I think it's, I think it's time to put it on him. And I think it's time to stop 
even giving him challengers. Let him hold that thing for a fucking year. And you know what? I do think MJF's going to win, but just to have have it be a little more fun and not agree with you, I'll go with Moxley via a Wardlow MJF implosion. Okay. Just so I don't agree with it's, you. It's, it's very outstandingly possible. Yeah, but I do think MJF should win at least. I don't, that should be a good show. Yeah, I'm excited. AW, yeah. say what you want about them, but their pay-per-views are always fun. Yeah, uh, although this is, yeah, yeah, you're right. All out this year is a little more, uh, because it has to be, like, a dynamite-based. Yeah. I mean, you had, you, had the, you had the outer matches last year, but but no, this, that should be a good show. I'm looking forward to buying it. So, let's talk about Payback. This just took place Sunday night, the 30th of August. Um, we missed the kickoff show match, but I will tell you that the Riot Squad defeated the Iconics in nine minutes. I can't tell you if the match was good or not because, like I said, I had just gotten home. I was running late. I had to get here when I could. Missed the pre-show. Not the end of the world. So the opener, Bobby Lashley with MVP and Shelton Benjamin taking on Apollo Crews for the United States Championship. Smash went nine minutes and thirty seconds. I thought this was a hell of an opener. It was. It was very, and I, I do have to say, very solid wrestling all night. Yeah, this all night. This show was better than it had any fucking business being. Yeah, like this show, like that's what baffles me. WWE had a week to build this show, and this show not only was probably better in ring than SummerSlam, it was better built than SummerSlam. Like Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman had one of the most boring matches i've ever seen at SummerSlam, but i enjoyed their spat at payback like the when it was just bray and braun in the ring i thought at payback that was enjoyable i'll get to that later but i know i'm jumping ahead of myself but yeah lashley lashley and apollo are going back and forth um lashley eventually locked in the full lashley and it was enough to put uh, apollo away and then You know what's coming next. MVP drags a photographer out of nowhere. This was so fucking amazing. And makes the photographer photographer take pictures of the Hurt Business as they do various poses, including Wakanda Forever. And they showed up on the screen. They did. Like, this was shown as, like, Polaroids popping up on the screen. It was very bizarre, but incredibly entertaining. So, yeah, what what do you make of the decision to... Put the title on Bobby Long Tights and the Hurt Business. Uh, good. Uh, uh, Apollo looked good. I mean, he lost to a very suitable candidate. Hurt Business has been top of the card since they, since they formed, top of the main, middle middle top. And I don't think I don't think Apollo loses any steam um, with this loss. Apollo did jump them after the match like a sore loser, and he promised he would get his title back. So we'll see where they go. Up next, Biggie versus Sheamus. This went twelve minutes and twenty seconds. This is two big men slapping meat. It continues the story of Biggie being the the underdog and the singles push. Don't necessarily know if that's the route I'd go with this Biggie singles push, but he's been cutting incredible fucking promos on Talking Smack. Um, I enjoyed this one. Uh, I know you're a big Sheamus guy. He's starting to rub off on me through you. I like Sheamus. This happens from from with me to you. Sheamus is probably one of the and it happens like I got you on Cameron Grimes. I got you on Shingo. I, I don't know. He just. Oh, it's weird. Um, but Sheamus is probably one of the most underappreciated wrestlers in general for any company. Like, yeah, he's, like, like, he's had some he's really good very matches. Good. Yeah. He's never had bad ones. You know, he's very consistently good. 
I'm sure I could find a bad Sheamus match. Uh, so, okay, okay, never mind. Sheamus and Big Show had to have a bad match. Yeah. Although, do you remember that one Sheamus and Big Show match at Hell in a Cell that was fucking oh, yeah. awesome? Hell in a Cell 2011, right? 12, I think. 12? Yeah. Hell in a Cell 2012, dude. It was fucking awesome. And it was Sheamus and The Big Show. Not a fucking tandem I'd expect to put on a banger, but... I enjoyed this match. Big E got the win after the big ending. Um... A little disappointing to pull out the stretch muffler, but I guess Sheamus is a little too big for that. Yeah, it would look weird, I would think. Most of Sheamus' body to be on the ground. Yeah, that's true. Up next, a feud I wish would just end, but doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. Matt Riddle taking on King Corbin. I shit you not, King Corbin took 95% of this match. Then Riddle eventually made a comeback. He hit the bro to sleep, followed up with the floating bro. And he got the victory. One, two, three. Ten minutes and 55 seconds. And then, I shit you not, Matt Riddle's walking backstage and the new interviewer approaches. And I said, oh, no, because I knew it was coming. <laughs> Matt Riddle goes, I finally have – I'm finally done with King Corbin. And as soon as he got the bin out, King Corbin was fucking attacking him from behind and putting him through the catering table. So, even after Matt Riddle wins, this feud must continue. Dear God. And you love Corbin and you think this shit needs to end. All those feuds go on too long. How long is he going to be the fucking king? Right, for, forever. It feels I mean, like it's been 25 until years. Until his last day. You ever watch Game of Thrones? This is till his last day. I guess it's better than TGI Friday's Corbin. Yeah, it's better than Waitress Corbin. Waiter Corbin. Up next, a match that I enjoyed way more than I thought I would, honestly. Yeah? The women's tag team titles online. Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax challenge Bailey and Sasha. This one, 10 minutes and 20 seconds. Um, Shayna did 90% of the work for her team. The finish came when she had Sasha in the like the leg lock part of the Muda lock and then had Bailey in the Karafuda clutch and eventually put Sasha's arm around Bailey's neck. So realistically, it was Sasha choking Bailey out, even though it was unwilling. She used the bitch to choke a bitch. Yeah, she used the bitch to choke a bitch. And eventually, Bailey tapped out. And Sasha gave her a look of fucking disgust. I will have to say, the subtle, the subtlety in that story time of telling, since fucking WrestleMania, has been so goddamn good. And I know people are getting antsy, but like... Hold off. Yeah. Just hold um, it off. I'm telling you, like, this they're is... Not, they're, they're not, they're, they're not, it's not getting old at any point, anytime soon, I don't think. I think they're doing fine. I mean, Sasha lost all her titles, so the implosion has to be coming soon. Yeah, no, it's, it's, we're definitely on the downslope. I it. think they finally figured out, like, listen, we're probably not getting fans back until, like, 2021. Let's just do it. So hopefully that's what they do. Hell in a Cell is in October. I think Bailey, Sasha, Hell in a Cell would be a nice, if they, I'm assuming they're still going to do Hell in a Cell. They could probably do it in the Thunderdome. Why not? You know what? Oh, this fun. is a B-plus match and an A-plus finish. I love the finish. The finish is awesome. I've never seen that. And then, like, Nia and Shayna, like, half got along, but then agreed to go celebrate. I don't know. It's, Strange bedfellows. Yeah, it's WWE's favorite thing on earth to do. Um, but, hey, I guess all the people that thought Shayna was dead in the water will be happy. Yeah. Up next, probably the shocker of the night, Keith Lee taking on Randy Orton. This match went six minutes and 40 seconds. And Keith Lee won clean as a sheet with the spirit bomb in the middle of the ring. Good shit, but his gear sucked when he's buried. Um, I we should talk about that. You know, the big the big talking point after Monday was how bad his music and his gear was. Well, um, his music might be a little out of control. Yeah, that's a situation that's not really anyone's fault. 
But they teased everyone tonight by adding, like, the intro part back to it. So everyone thought they were getting the old song, but then it went right back to the generic music. I will say the gear was better tonight because it wasn't, like, the, the Samoa Joe-type shorts. It was, like, his old NXT tights. Um, the shirt doesn't bother me as much as it bothers some people, but it is kind of a, it is kind of a, it is kind of a sign that Vince has to get his fingerprints on Keith Lee. Yes. And Keith seemed very frustrated on Twitter about the whole thing. And it was just like, or he was just frustrated about people talking about it. I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Uh, uh, He he basically said, let me handle it. And he went in, he went in with a legend and he beat him clean in the fucking middle. In less than seven minutes. In less than seven minutes. Yeah. They got plans for Keith Lee. How about the weird pre-match promo with him and JBL? Yeah, that was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. JBL gave him some good stock options to invest in and said he just needs a million dollars. And then Keith Lee buried himself by saying, I don't have a million dollars. Like These guys are supposed to be superstar millionaire wrestlers. <laughs> the times are tough out there. And Keith Lee can't scrub together a million for JBL's hedge funds. Jesus. I don't know what that was all about. I don't know if that's ever going to lead to anything again. I hope it doesn't. I, although JBL managing Keith Lee would be kind of nice, kind of neat. It would be the most. It would probably pass Darren Young and Bob Backlund as the most random pairing in WWE history. Oh shit! I forgot about that. <laughs> We're gonna make Darren Young great again. Jesus Christ! That was a thing. I know. He's, and he's, he's wrestling in New Japan next week. I, I, yeah, I think he is. He is. He is. I don't know what his name is, but I think he's going by a shoot name. All right, good for him. Um, and yeah, there, Darren Young is using the fucking crossface chicken wing as a finish. A great, with Bob Backlund as his manager hold. in the year 2016. It's a no hold. But yeah, Keith Lee beat Randy Orton clean as a sheet. People will still complain about the gear. People will still complain about the, about the music. And while they aren't wrong, you got sometimes Randy you got Orton pick, in the fucking middle. Sometimes you got to pick your battles. He's obviously buried. I mean, obviously, I can't. I can't think of someone more dead in the water than someone who just pinned Randy Orton one, two, three. He'll be on minutes. main event next week. He'll be on main event next week. He'll be he'll be taking on Ricochet. Probably bumping for him too. <laughs> Ricochet is gonna gonna hit him with a fucking uh, what's a big fucking power move that Ricochet could hit the fucking three hundred pounder with? Samoan drop. Samoan drop. Trevor is just gonna Samoan drop all that ass. Up next, what I probably thought was the best match of the night, the Mysterios taking on Seth Rollins and Murphy. This match went 16 minutes. Um, Murphy and Rollins beat on Ray forever. Um, Dominic would make spurts, but then they would beat him down too. The finish came when um, Seth told Buddy he wanted him to kick Ray Mysterio in the head. Rollins went for the buckle bomb in Seguri combination, but Ray reversed it with a Hurricane Rana and set, sent Rollins into the buckle, which Murphy then uh, planted Rollins with the in Cracked him, too. Yeah. Uh, makes the hot tag to Dominic. Dominic hits the 619 on Murphy and then the frog splash to get his first victory in WWE, and he scored the pin. Good for you, Dominic. And then after the match, Seth Rollins walked out on Murphy. I I don't want Murphy and Rollins to come to an end just because I think that's bad news for Murphy when that happens. Mm-hmm. I agree. I was kind of hoping that like Murphy would turn on him and they'd make a star out of Murphy and Murphy would feud with and maybe Rollins. They will. It's not. Yeah, I like I don't. I think they'll reconcile for for a little bit. And yeah, then... they'll 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 piss they'll pitter patter for a while. Yeah, 
So Which I I enjoyed the hell out of this match. I enjoyed the hell out of the show. Dominic is, and, I, and I'm saying this as a compliment. Dominic is better than he has any business being. Yeah. Him and Murphy had really good chemistry together. I almost it almost makes me think they had to be working out in the PC together. Probably because those two have really good chemistry together. Both and on, like, and what wrestler, what young wrestler is not going to help out Rey Mysterio's kid? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's like that's like a legend of legends. Like you could say, yeah, nepotism got Dominic here, and he got to skip NXT because of who his dad is and all that, but. Dominic's has put on some pretty good performances. Grant, he's been in there with Rollins and Murphy, who are two of the best right now. Roll up would be the best. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens when Dominic has to work with somebody that may not be as talented and as those guys. And if they were smart, they wouldn't do that for a while. No, they should, and they shouldn't. Yeah. Um, although Dominic and Ray are immediately the most credible tag team on Raw. Yeah. Like, so. They're the only tag team on Raw. Them and the Street Profits, maybe they'll be feuding for 14 years over the belts. And the Viking Raiders, too, although the Viking Raiders are with the Prophets and the Viking Prophets. Although, how do they still not go with Street Vikings? I, w- I would rather Street Vikings. I really would. Street Vikings would be awesome. Yeah. You have Ivar dressing up in, like, hip-hop garb. Oh, he's my a God. Street Viking. Could you imagine Ivar is a, is a B-boy? No. He got I, the, he's cute, with though. He is cute. Eric, Eric not so much. I love that. I, I don't know why. I'm such a child. I love that so I know. much. We are we are their target audience, but we're 20 years older than what their target audience is. I, I enjoy some of that shit so much. Me too. Uh, all right, main event time. Triple threat, no holds barred match for the Universal Championship. The Fiend comes out without his customized belt, which should have been a dead giveaway. <laughs> and then Braun jumps the Fiend from behind, and the match starts without Roman Reigns. Um, I'm going to say this. I enjoyed the hell out of the Fiend and Bronze Brawl. And that's coming from someone who hated their match at SummerSlam. I thought their match at SummerSlam was awful. I didn't think it was awful. This one was much better. This one was a lot of fun. This one was a much better. And you know what? They might have a lot more time to prepare for it. Both guys were good in, in this match. Bray was extra- extraordinarily good. Um, they brawled up to the ramp. They both uh, went into the LED boards. And they both went off a stage, th- off the stage through a table. They eventually brawl back to the ring. Bray Wyatt takes out his ridiculously oversized hammer. Braun Strowman hits him with said hammer. And the chair. And the chair. And the stairs. And the stairs. Oh, my. And, yeah. Well, don't tell the Vintner. We'll have to get another stairs match going. Um, eventually, Bray Wyatt battles back to get in control. They go to the top rope for a superplex. And I everyone knew when there was no LED boards and no LED ring posts that something was going to happen, whether it be Retribution which, where the hell were they all night? Or the ring breaking, which is what they went with. So they do the superplex spot, the ring breaks, and all of a sudden, here comes the big dog. He signs the contract on stage, which... I hope The Fiend is a good lawyer, because I don't think that could be... I don't think you could sign a contract for something that's already in progress. I don't think you can either. But, but wrestling logic, just go with it. I enjoyed the hell out of the story they were telling. Roman Reigns came in, tries to pin The Fiend, The Fiend kicks out. Tries to pin Braun. Braun kicks out. He tries to uh, attack the Fiend, but the Fiend gets him in the mandible claw with those new teeth. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, he takes Bray to Dick Kick City, and then he hits Braun with the spear for the one, two, three. And Roman Reigns got the Universal Championship back that he never lost. As a heel. As a heel. Um, no new music, no new gear. I know that disappointed uh, uh, some people, but I think let that play out. That I think might that's change coming soon. Yeah, I, I think that's coming. I mean, because think about it. Coming the night, the turn wasn't complete yet. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Now yeah. the turn's complete. Like there was chairs and dick kicks all over the fucking place. I love the wreck everyone and leave story. It's like the phrase. 
I don't know why. Like, I just like when he says it, it sounds good. Um, and then Roman and Heyman celebrate at the top of the ramp. And the big dog, once again, is the champion of the universe. And all of a sudden, for the first time in legitimately years, that title feels important again. Yes, it absolutely does. Yes, it absolutely does. I mean, you have Heyman, you have the, the company's top star. Yeah. And Paul Heyman. So, uh, let's give a grade for WWE Payback. I think I'm going to go with B. I almost went B+, plus, but I just, I don't know, it's... I don't think there was any heavy detractors no, on this show, no. on this on this show as there sometimes is on these shows. I'm going B plus. I think everything was solid top to bottom. I I was teetering between B plus and B. Everything was everything was solid. And you know what? Just from being a week from SummerSlam, A yeah. plus. Yeah, but fair I, enough. A plus in the week they had to build to this. Thought it was there wasn't a bad match in the show. The women's tag match exceeded all expectations. I had yeah, I honestly did not expect <clears throat> anything. But solid B plus. I, I thought top to bottom this map the show was very good. I think that's fair. So that's our thoughts on payback. When we come back, Mike will give our plugs and we will get the hell out of here. So hope you enjoyed and uh, stay tuned. Thank you once again for listening to the Champions Advantage. We're at Champions Pod on Twitter. We're coming at you Tuesdays, twelve noon ish, and we'll be posted. And we appreciate you guys listening. On Mondays we got Gil Kuda Jr. at Kuda underscore Jr. The Maryland Mustard Man. That his show is uh, Top of the Rope Wrestling Radio on CBS Baltimore, and his podcast will be available later in the week. Listen to the Bearded Wrestling Podcast on at Bearded Chris P on Wednesdays. Uh, he'll be returning to the podcast realm soon. Uh, follow at Ron underscore Musto underscore Junior at Lynn's Be Honest X. And we have a trivia show coming out Wednesday for all NXT. It's really fun. See if you can beat us, and maybe we'll have you on, and we'll try to stump some one of us. So. Follow the entire network at TT underscore for you. It's at TT underscore the number four, the letter U, and we will see you later.